Hey all and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank and I'm here with Jerry Carita. How you doing, Jerry? I'm good. How are you, buddy? Jerry is here to talk about his new book, The Grizzly Crew. Jerry, can you tell us about this book? Yeah, The Grizzly Crew is um, a story I'm writing with my eight-year-old son. It's about a, um, a pirate ship uh, that is captained by Captain Grizzly, who is a grizzly bear. And um, the whole ship is full of bears and it's a kid's, it's, a, it's an all ages story. So it's about, um, you know, it's a human world and there are these villages along the sea coast that are getting terrorized by pirates. The kids are terrified, they can't sleep at night. So the parents start telling them the story to help them sleep at night. And the story is, you guys don't have to worry, you can sleep. We hired the Grizzly crew and they're protecting the village now. So we're all good. And the kids are like, get out of here. So it's the dad and the mom telling the story while the kids are like, none of this is, you know, Classic kid mentality for pretty much everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can you share the story of how this inspiration came to life and specifically how you worked with your son, Harlan? Yeah. So I was, um, this was like two years ago and I was, it was the day that, you know, you know, mid journey had just come out. And I think everyone was trying to mess around with it and see if they hated it. And if it was the beginning of the end of all civilization and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I was playing around with it in my office and I was, feeding it all these ideas for another story I wrote, Cicada Samurai, that we talked about last time. And uh, he walked into my office and I had all these like weird, like bugs holding weapons stuff, you know, on the screen. And he was like, what is this? And I, I'm a moron. So my kids ask questions and I answer them. So I was like, it's an artificial intelligence art generator. He's six years old. It's an artificial intelligence art generator. He's like, what's that, dad? I'm like, it's a computer. You know, you tell it information, it blah, blah, blah. And he goes, can I make a Spider-Man monkey? And I'm like, hold on, let's see. Spider-Man monkey, it pooped out a Spider-Man monkey. I was like, pretty cool. And then he said, what about a minion wizard? He made a minion wizard. And then he said, a pirate bear. And so he's scared of bears. And so, it, you know, the mid-journey, especially when it first came out, it's, it was really bad with faces. It would be all deformed. So this kind of like deformed, I'll send you the picture, the kind of like deformed, silhouetted giant bear thing. And he's afraid of bears appeared on the screen. He just was suddenly staring at it and he went quiet. And I was like, all right, he's going through a thing. I'm going to go back to what I was doing. And then suddenly he just out of nowhere, he's like, his name's Captain Grizzly. And I was like, what? The bear, the bear's name is Captain Grizzly dad. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. He's a grizzly bear. Very, very smart. And I go back. I'm, I'm like a half, you know, only half listening. And he's like, his name's Captain Grizzly. He's the captain of a boat and they're all pirates. They're all pirate bears on the boat. And they go around looking for treasure. And when they find the treasure, it looks like gold, but it's not gold. You squeeze it, it's wax, it's filled with honey. That's why it looks like gold. And I'm like, wait, what? Now it's I'm crazy because like, that's like a really in. good bit. That's a great piece of story. Yeah, I know. It, dude, it was so good. And then and then he suddenly goes, um, it's called the Grizzly Crew. The whole story is called the Grizzly Crew. And I'm like, stop talking. I got to start writing this stuff down. Um, and then like over the next like couple of weeks, we just bounced ideas. He would go to school. He would come back and he'd go, what about a koala bear? You know, and I was like. Koala, like, you know, again, I, I tell my kids things. So I was like, I don't just go, yeah, great. But koala bears aren't really bears. It's a marsupial, totally other animal. And he, right away, he goes, well, maybe he's young and he doesn't know that. He thinks he's a, he thinks he's a real bear and he wants to be part of the grizzly crew. And I was like, why are you better at this than me? You know, <laughs> at six. So we started making notes, you know, I took all the notes we did and, and a handful of like really goofy things that we did through again, mid journey, which I don't use anymore. And we sent it to my uh, my buddy, Nick Justice, who's a comic book artist, and he designed some characters and um, we had them colored and, you know, I started writing a story. And so, you know, fast forward two two long years and here I am. Now, with this book, you're trying to make sure that it's all ages, both adults and kids can enjoy it. How do you balance making sure that you show these themes of fear 
but also making sure it's not too scary for the kids. Yeah, I mean, I think it start it starts in a kind of a scary place. I told Nick that Nick Nick does horror stuff in some of his art, but the thing that I know him from is um, actually it's another pirate story. It's Anne Bonny, which is a, a very kid friendly story. And there's sometimes like a panel or two of something a little scary there. I was like, I want the first few pages to kind of be a little. I want I want the reader, the kid at home reading the story, to have that moment that my son did with the pirate bear on the screen. I wanted to be a minute of like, I'm afraid of this. I got it's a little scary. I need to process it. I'm gonna, we're going to figure it out, me and the story together. And so the way that um, from there it becomes very comedic. You know, it's like that famous thing in Harry Potter when they you, you're you know there's the scary thing you go ridiculous and it becomes a goofy thing that makes you laugh. So my son's afraid of bears, so we have a bunch of goofy bears that are going to make him laugh, and that's what the story is. So you know, as the bears kind of face off against these actually scary pirates. There are scary moments, but the, the, the it's a it's a comedy. It's a fun story, um, you know. And when it gets too scary, that's part of the fun of the dad and the mom. They're going to take turns telling this bedtime story. So when dad's telling the story and it gets a little too scary and a little too real, mom can come in and be like, "What are you doing? Like, we're trying to get them to calm down and go to sleep." And then she can kind of redirect the story into something that's better for bedtime, you know. So that's kind of how all those scenarios will be familiar and funny to adults with kids. And um, all the kind of, you know, it'll be familiar to kids too. Just parents telling the bedtime stories and trying to get trying to get people to sleep at night. It must be fun to kind of deal with a comic book that has a meta story on top of the regular story, right? Yeah, I mean, I always try to do that. Like I did that with Cicada Samurai too. That was really all about like anxiety, my anxiety about trying to keep my kids safe. So imagine there's a million of these kids and you got to keep them all safe and you're the only adult. You know, it, like it's a scary thing. So all my all the stories I tell, I try to have that some elements of you know, like a higher concept above the story. And so it's a theme I can keep coming back to, you know, if I don't know where I'm supposed to be, it's the thing that tethers me to the story I'm trying to tell, you know? Um, so I, 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 and I always like stories that are like that, you know, when you, when you like, you know, Captain Hook and Peter Pan and all that, and the, the, the theme of never wanting to grow up and why, and why it's scary to grow up and all the adults are villains, you know, all that kind of, that kind of thematic thing is just nice to always come back to, you know? Yeah. And speaking about Cicada Samurai and even your work on the show, Comic Book Men, what kind of inspirations from your past are you pulling forward into this project? I mean, the big one right now is Scott Snyder because I'm in Scott's um, writing class. I'm in his uh, writing group. Um, I'm actually publishing a book of short stories by other writers who are in that class, too. That's also live on Kickstarter right now. Uh, that's called The Cloakroom. So but just listening to him and and, and the people he brings on the show, um, Josh uh, Williamson and, you know, he had Will Dennison, who's like a legendary editor. Um, you know, Kyle Higgins, he had a lot of, he's had a lot of creators come on and they just talk shop, Donnie Cates, um, and just listening to them kind of talk about their craft and how they build a story. Scott's very kind of like methodical, like he'll, he's well known for this, where he'll have little, little story arcs that build a bigger story arc, literally drawn out on a piece of paper. And that's how he builds the story before he starts writing it. So he kind of, Literally, like this issue is this little arc. The next one is this little arc. The next one is this little arc. But it keeps building. So he's famous for it. Other writers actually would poke fun at him for it, you know. Um, but just listening to him talk about that, that's been the biggest inspiration to me. Because I've always had stories in my head. I've always been like, who's going to give me a million dollars to write a, a story about pirates or a story about, you know, ninja insects? And with a comic book, I don't have to. So hearing him talk about telling these stories the same way that in college, you know, my my screenwriting professor would talk about it's all the same language, all the same storytelling language. So the big inspiration right now is Scott. Um, 
you know, Kevin Smith and his group of friends on Comic Book Men. That's how I got into comics in the first place. So all of that will always be you know near and dear to me. That's why I think I've always gravitated more to indie comics more than you know capes and tights because I was on set on that show. So I didn't grow up reading comics. I never had that moment where a buddy of mine, when I was 12 years old, handed me a comic and I found my people. It wasn't until I was in my 30s that I found my people, you know, and it was The Walking Dead. So my formative comic book experiences were The Walking Dead. And then I was like, I got, I need more of this Sandman. It was all stuff that wasn't, you know, traditional superhero stories. So I don't have like a nostalgic encyclopedic, you know, knowledge of like every Spider-Man story ever told. But, you know, I read every indie comic. I read every every comic I can get my hands on from Kickstarter. I like the stories that are kind of the harder ones to find, you know? Yeah, and it's also nice that indies can take chances. Like Marvel and DC, they have to make sure to make what will sell. But with indies, you could do a Cicada Samurai or something like that. Yeah, or, or Pirate Bears, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, can you kind of explain the wider world of the Grizzly Crew? I know you mentioned Jungle Book in the Kickstarter. Yeah, it's not. It's so. It's, it's not that it takes place in the universe of the Jungle Book. I'm not like playing okay. in someone else's sandbox. It's more that that the Jungle Book, the Robin Hood movie, where Robin Hood is a fox. Um, later, the cartoons I watched growing up, which were kind of like Tailspin, which is just the same characters from the Jungle Book. You know, yeah, like in a different situation, but similar situation. You know, like an updated version. Those are all the cartoons I grew up watching. You know, and so it, it's sort of modeled after those. All right, we had a little bit of a technical snafu there, but we're back. So let's talk about your characters. You have a family of bears, all pirates, and a koala joining for the ride, and we have a wolf on the horizon. How do you design these characters to make sure they feel all unique and have their own personalities? So that was actually a lot of work I did with my son. You know, so like as we were kind of coming up with the family, I, I, I'm a reality TV producer. And so what you end up doing in reality TV when you're casting a show, trying to figure out is this going to be a good show, is you think in archetypes. So if you ever watch a first episode of any reality show, somebody identifies themselves as the rookie. I've never done this before. Someone identifies themselves as like the old man who's like grumpy or, you know, is going to teach the rookie. There's always like the straight person, the straight man, that straight person, straight man in the middle, you know? Yeah. Like in comedy terms, the straight man in the middle, who's like just trying to do something normal and everyone around him is crazy. You know, it, it, it's all archetypes. And so as I was talking about these characters with my son, you know, I knew I wanted like a diverse cast of characters just because if they were all grizzly bears, it would be kind of boring to look at. Um, and so we just started bouncing ideas back and forth. And he kind of came up with, I, I told you, he came up with the koala bear on his own. He said, what if, um, what if one of them was like a polar bear? And I was like, yeah, he could be like, he could be like angry all the time, you know, just because I think, I think the polar bears is being big and grumpy. And he was like, yeah, maybe he's angry because, you know, polar bears like it cold and pirates are always where it's hot. So maybe he's just like uncomfortable. So he's always angry. And I was like, brilliant, you know, brilliant. Um, and then we knew we wanted, you know, the koala bear's name is Jimmy. That's my son's middle name. Um, we knew we wanted a couple of characters that are kind of based on family members. So the polar bear's middle name is Stefan. That's my son, Gerard's middle name. Um, and then the other kind of co-star of the series with, with uh, Jimmy the koala bear is the young black bear. She's a girl. Her name is Rosie. That's my daughter's middle name. And so Rosie is, Rosie's like kind of stuck on the ship. You know, she's like really smart, wants to be an engineer and build things. And she's really good at putting things together. She's not interested in sword play and swashbuckling. And but she's stuck on the ship because her mom and dad are both part of the Grizzly crew. Yeah, she's going to be a fun one to watch. Now, with Jimmy Koala, he's kind of the black sheep of the crew. 
are you going to use him to kind of show lessons in maybe found family or something? Yeah, there's a lot of that. So, you know, his his backstory will kind of be part of the subplot of the whole series. Um, because in the first issue, he just kind of turns up. The first issue is the story of how he joins and becomes a member of the team. And, you know, he, he just kind of turns up and wants to join the Grizzly crew. And they're like, you're not a bear. We're not taking you. So he stows away on the ship. And then Rosie is the one who finds him. The two of them kind of become best friends, you know, and they start relying on each other to deal with all these wacky adults in their lives. Um, and so, you know, like he, his backstory, the reason he's there and alone is, you know, his family is gone and they're gone because of pirates, because of pirate. And so he's here, he wants to do something to fight the thing that he's afraid of. So he's come to join the bears to fight the pirates. Was there any reason to go with the wolf for the villain? Did you have any symbolism for that? Um, no, we just thought of something scary. We were, we were just thinking of something else scary in the woods that, you know, um, would be kind of terrifying. And, and he kind of, there was actually a, a one, one, um, there was actually, um, sorry, there was actually, there was actually a one, uh, sorry, someone's like twisted his ankle or something. There was a lot of basketball game, guys. There's a whole basketball. I'm going to show the show everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my kid, that. my kids are playing <laughs> basketball out there. And I'm, I'm sneaking into this room to do this. Um, so, yeah, so it, it was, again, my son. We just were talking about what's another scary animal. And he was like a wolf. And then it's kind of an accident what happened next. Um, we sent the the line work, the line art to the colorists. And and uh, the colorist who we were working with at the time decided um, that it's, maybe it's an Arctic wolf. So she drew him. She colored him in white. And the artist, my buddy Nick, had drawn him with a big scratch on his face and his, he has a glass eye. It's like a golden eyeball in there. And then the polar bear, he had also drawn with like a, like a, a scar. And so my son put those two things together and he was like, well, he's a polar bear and that's an Arctic wolf. Maybe they knew each other from before they were pirates and they, and they fought and that's how they both, they're enemies from, from like the old country, basically. I was like, again, why are you better at this than me? Seriously, um, you need to get this kid yeah. into some writing classes ASAP. Oh, he's so good. The first, the first version of Captain Wolfheart that we that Nick drew for us looked a little bit like Wiley e. Coyote, and uh, my son watches a lot of Looney Tunes, so he immediately made that connection, and he said, "No, no, no, that's like a funny. That guy's like a funny wolf. Like that can't be the. It should be scary. Like it's got to be scarier than Captain Grizzly. Captain Grizzly can be scary. The polar bear can be scary. Captain Wolfheart has to be scarier than that." So we gave that note and he, and he redrew it as kind of a, a Commodore outfit, you know, more formal, a little bit of Captain Hook, you know, in there, a little bit more formality for the villain. Um, and we made him much scarier and much, much scarier, uh, you know. So and again, we wanted it to be actually scary. We wanted it to be the kinds of things that really do scare kids so that, you know, by reading the book, they can kind of work through it, and, you know, have some fun with it, laugh at the thing they're afraid of. Yeah. So you worked with Nick and Nathan for the art on this. What was that collaboration like with those two artists? Oh, it's fantastic. Nick is wonderful. Um, I've been working with Nick for a while. He's the artist on Anne Bonnie. It's a book that um, Blue Juice Comics has been publishing for, I think, 10 years now. And um, I came on board with Blue Juice a few years ago um, after the pandemic. I started going to cons with them. That's how I got into the publication of books and creating my own. And so Nick is one of the first artists I ever worked with close up. Um, and I thought of him right away for this because he's just done a lot of He's done a lot of stuff that kind of looks like kid stuff. Like he's, he does a lot of commission work that is, um, you know, cartoon characters and superheroes. A lot of things that look like the 90s cartoons I grew up drawing or or that I grew up watching. So like, you know, Batman, the animated series, he gets, he does all those characters. 
Um, and I actually wanted to, I wanted to keep him as busy as I could. So in the campaign, if you, if you, um, if you support the campaign at any level, almost all of the add-on options are commissions from Nick. Cool. So, you know, and, and all that money goes to him. So it's not, it's not add-ons me trying to pocket cash. It's all me trying to keep my artist business suites available when I have the next script ready, you know, trying to keep that. That is awesome. That is just a smart move. Oh, what are your future plans for the Grizzly crew? Well, it's a five. I went right. When I did Cicada Samurai, I wanted to kind of dip my toe in the water. So I did just a 10 page story. Yeah. I wanted to see if like anyone cared about me writing a comic at all. Um, you know, the, that campaign went pretty well. Um, so this one, I just went, I went right for the first issue. So this is a 20, 24 page issue. Um, it is the first of five in this story, in this arc, this first arc. Um, and then after that, I, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm committed personally to doing these five issues, okay. regardless of if I, if I get funding, if it becomes like a runaway hit, um, I'm probably going to lower my expectations for the next campaign. I've, I've learned that all ages books just don't perform automatically as well on Kickstarter. You know, you have to work a lot harder to get people to get eyeballs on it. Um, and I'm, and I'm down for it. You know, it's, I think it's a good story and I want to work at it and I want, I want to get it in front of eyeballs and get people to support it. So that's the plan. Five, five issues, a trade paperback, and then maybe I go to like a, a bigger publisher and see if I can get it into stores. This feels like the perfect convention book. You know, you got kids walking by, they see the big koala on a pirate ship. They're going to drag their parents to come check it out and make sure to go home with that one of those books. This is the kind of thing you want to see at convention. That's exactly it. And like through all that, all that time I was working with Blue Juice, they have a lot of awesome books, but the banner, the thing that draws the most eyeballs and brings kids to the table is the cover of the very first issue of Anne Bonnie that they did 10 years ago. That's still the thing that people come over and go, what is that? And then you show them the book and they're like, I want all of it. There are four volumes. There's a fifth one coming. So, you know, I, I, I kind of learned that, you know, if you have something big and colorful, kids on family day at every big convention are going to drag their parents over to be like, look at the koala bear with the sword. I want it. I want that. Yeah, I believe it's Pablo's variant cover that I was like, that needs to be a poster. That needs to be a banner. That is so eye catching. Yeah, it's a great cover. He did. He did. He did what was probably my favorite cover of our Billy the Kid when uh, Blue Juice's first um, Kickstarter campaign that I also managed for them was uh, Billy the Kid number six. And Pablo did. By what what was like really my favorite cover for that for that one? He just kind of nailed the character. He, there's an attitude to the characters that he kind of just gets across in his art. Um, so yeah, he he did a great job of that. Yeah, totally. Now let's get people pointed in the right direction. Where can they find you? Where can they find the Grizzly Crew? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, I, I am all my comic book stuff online is at Thorny Comics. I'm on mainly Instagram. I have a Twitter. I don't, don't update it as often, but I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Thorny Comics. I'm also, if you go to Facebook, I'm the only Thorny Comics page on Facebook. Um, I would say Facebook and, and Instagram are my two main go-to things. Um, the Kickstarter campaign, if you go to Kickstarter and you just search for the Grizzly Crew, it's the only one that comes up. Um, and it's uh, an all-ages book. Um, we are right now... Uh, I actually, when I when I started it, I accidentally did not update the end date for it. So I accidentally did a shortened campaign, which I didn't mean to do. So uh, it, it is, as we're recording this, I have 12 days left. I think when this comes out, I'll only have a few days left. So if you're if you're listening to this, please go find out if I if I fund it or not. And if not, please feel free to you know pick up a copy, pick up a commission from Nick, something that helps me make this book. I would love to. I'd love to keep it going. Yeah. And those commissions, that's like the most unique add on I've ever seen. And 
it's funny how with a commission, you normally want some unique art that you're going to plan for. But instead, I'm just like, can you make me that exact Batman? That Batman looks so good. Yeah. yeah and you know what? And he'll do that. If you're specific about it like that, he'll do that. He's happy that he'll all the commissions are black and white or color. You can yeah. get five by eight or 11 by 17. Um, it's all full body art. And it's any character, any cartoon character, comic book character, pop culture thing that you want, you know, within reason. And we're keeping it PG because it is a kid's campaign. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, anything like that. And he's also the one big thing is the line art for his cover for the book is also there as a as a one of one um, available in the in the in the add ons. Yeah, that's going to be a collector's item for sure. Well, Jerry, I appreciate you hanging out with me again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right, everybody head into the description, start clicking some links. Let's back this campaign and let's share the word about the Grizzly Crew. This is a phenomenal book and a great starting point for anybody who's wanting to bring their family into the world of comic books.